Welcome to the Seeing Red Podcast. Welcome to another edition here of the Seeing Red Podcast. My name is Troy Moriello and I am your host bringing you up to date and up to speed on all things St. John's basketball. And for what feels like the first time in forever, we come to you after a win. The Red Storm take down Georgetown on Sunday night. They get some revenge on the Hoyas in the form of a 94-83 to victory at home at Carneseca Arena. It is their first Big East win of the season. The Red Storm are now 1-3 and three in conference play, snapping that three-game losing streak to open Big East play, and they are 6-4 and four overall on the season. Certainly getting back on track. Nice to see them uh, get the win here tonight. Obviously, if it was a loss tonight, we would definitely be having a different discussion. I think this season we'd be kind of heading into a tailspin now if they were to get swept by Georgetown, losing two games in, what, seven days. That would be a problem, but they do get the win. They do get off the hook a little bit in the Big East, and now they'll get, what, 10 days off or uh, something close to that. Yeah, over 10 days off, actually, before they have to play DePaul on uh, January 2nd. So a good amount of time off for the Red Storm now, some time to regroup over the holidays, and then you hopefully face off against the DePaul team on the 2nd that you would think is beatable, that you would think you have a good chance of winning to potentially then get back to 2-3 and three in the conference and then kind of build some wins there tonight. This game doesn't totally change my perception on the season, though, unfortunately. And I'm I'm going to get to the good, and this is going to be a mostly good show because it was a mostly good game for the Red Storm. They started off a little bit slow in this game before the first media timeout, it felt like, but really kind of stabilized, took that big, what, 16-point lead in the, uh, in the first half, saw it cut down to eight by halftime. Georgetown got back in this game, got it down to two, I believe, midway through the second half. But then St. John's really stabilized, went on nice run, got it back up to double digits, and then really never looked back from there. The win ends up being an 11-point win, but it really wasn't even that close, frankly. So it was a mostly good game for St. John's, and this is going to be a mostly good show, I think. But this doesn't totally change my perception of this team, unfortunately. Still think that they're a lower half of the Big East team, still think that they're a bottom you know, team in the Big East, but tonight was much, much better. You know, and it's good to see them not kind of falling into this tailspin now. I'll start with what I like the most. What I liked the most was on the offensive end of the court. 94 points again, another really good game offensively. But this one felt a lot better than previous ones. St. John's was playing a hell of a lot better in the half court than we've seen them play really at all this season. I think this was St. John's best game in the half court this season. I don't have the numbers, but they really weren't getting out in transition all that much it felt like. They shot 13 of 29 from three-point range. I think that they made 10 three-pointers in the first half, if I'm not mistaken. I think they went, what, 10 of 18, I want to say, on three-pointers in the first half. Greg Williams hit four of his six three-pointer attempts. Julian Champagny went four of eight from three-point range. Vince Cole hit three three three-pointers. It felt like St. John's was moving the ball so much better tonight. 19 assists on 30 made baskets tonight. The ball was moving much better tonight. You know, we had I had at least gotten on this team so much for saying, you're not a three-point shooting team. Stop taking threes. They took 29 threes tonight, but it felt better because it felt like these threes were not just the ball sitting on the perimeter and someone trying to go one-on-one with someone and taking a three, you know, a pull-up three. That wasn't tonight. Tonight was let's drive and let's kick. Let's attack and let's kick. Let's get a pick. Let's get someone coming off a pick and take a three. 
that was tonight. And you saw the, 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 you know, you're getting more open shots. You're getting more shots in rhythm. It just looked a lot more fluid offensively for St. John's. And obviously that reflected in the 94 points that they scored tonight. So the three-point shooting was phenomenal tonight. You know, you're not going to rely on that all season long. But when you run plays like they did tonight and when you attack tonight, you know, we had, had a big, big issue in the BYU game, in the Seton Hall game, in the Georgetown game, and even in the Creighton game, not attacking these teams. St. John's is going to be undersized in every single game that they play. We know that. They're not a big team. So you're not going to be able to easily attack the basket. You're not going to be able to dump the ball down low to a big guy and let him get an easy layup. You're not going to get a crazy amount of offensive rebounds. They only had eight tonight. But attack. Attack the basket and good things will happen. And what did you see tonight? The big guy on Georgetown, Wahab. I don't know how many minutes he played. He had 12 points, six rebounds, only blocked two shots and fouled out because they attacked. You got to attack these teams when they have the size. Just because a team has a seven footer or has more size than you can't make you afraid to go to the basket. And that's what it felt like was happening for St. John's their first couple of games this year, which was leading to offensive sets that were totally on the perimeter. We saw them attack tonight, and that led to great stuff on the offensive end. Greg Williams played a phenomenal game. Went 7 of 12 from the field. I already said he went 4 of 6 from three-point range. Scored a career-high 26 points and made 8 of 11 of his free throws. Great game from Greg Williams. You're not going to get 26 from Greg Williams every single night. But Greg played great tonight. And Greg gave you what you needed. You know, when Greg is that, you know, attacking, when he's the menace, like like we say, when he's attacking the basket, when he's confident in how he's playing, that's the Greg Williams that St. John's needs to win games in this league. And he showed up tonight. I thought this was obviously Greg's best game of the season, for sure, because he showed up tonight. Vince Cole is another guy who had been very, very streaky for St. John's. And at least in Big East play, we hadn't seen the Vince Cole that we saw against St. Peter's and against Ryder. Well, that Vince Cole was kind of back tonight. Shot 5 of 11 from the field, only went 3 of 8 from 3-point range, but hit those three three 3-pointers, scored 17 points, and grabbed 5 rebounds. Again, that's the Vince Cole that St. John's needs to win Big East games. You know, that's the type of play from Vince Cole that St. John's needs. 15, 17, 20 points from Vince Cole. You know, they can't have Vince Cole going, you know, 1 of 8 from the field. That can't happen. He was a scorer tonight, which is what St. John's needs him to be. Julian Champagny was fantastic tonight, but again, there's not a whole lot to say about Julian because he's just surprised us so well. Well, not really surprised, but he's just been so good this season for St. John's. 20 points and nine rebounds for him again tonight. Went six of 12 from the field. Hit a couple of big shots in the second half that kind of stabilized the Ren Storm a little bit. But I think the unsung heroes of this game for St. John's were the big guys. I thought Isaiah Moore played a really nice game, went 5 of 7 from the field and had 12 points. And I thought Arnaldo Toro played his best game with the Red Storm this season. I thought Toro wasn't phenomenal this game, but grabbed 5 rebounds, had 3 assists, only only had 1 point, didn't even shoot, uh, take a shot tonight. Did not take a shot from the field, only had those 3 fouls. And I thought he did a really nice job on the defensive end. You know, this was really the first game, and he started this game which was surprising to a lot of people. And I think a lot of people were a little bit upset, including myself, that Toro was in the starting lineup. But he played a good game tonight. You know, for the first time this season, there wasn't really anything to complain with his game. 
I thought he looked a little bit more confident, and I thought that he played really, really well tonight. So overall, no, does this game change the outlook of the season for St. John's beating a Georgetown team that you really should have beat twice now in a week? No. But it does stabilize you a little bit. It does get the monkey off your back a little bit to keep you from, you know, a brutal Big East start. And now it gives you a chance to get back in the swing of things. Now, obviously, you have no idea, you know, what games are going to get canceled, what games are going to get moved. But looking at the schedule as it is right now, getting that Villanova game postponed, you have a game against DePaul. You then play at Xavier, at Creighton, home against Butler, home against Marquette, and at DePaul again. You know, if you can figure out a way to go two and three in that stretch, all of a sudden you're four and six in the Big East. And, you know, getting two wins in that stretch that I just mentioned against Xavier Creighton on the road, Butler Marquette at home, and then DePaul on the road, that's not crazy to ask, I don't think. (laughs) Now, maybe this is the post-win, you know, hype, but it's not crazy to go two and three in those five games. And if you do that, you're four and six, and then you see what happens the rest of the way. So they've at least given themselves an opportunity to, to change the script on this season. You know, I said last week, this is a losing program. I said last week that this is just a program that is just stuck in a rut that just finds a way to lose games. And that was true. And I think that that's still true. But the story hasn't totally been written on this season just yet. You know, there's there were, we're nine or ten games into this season now. They've got plenty of time to change the script of this season. Right now, as I'm recording this on December 20th, right after the game, this does look like another lost season, even with the win tonight. It looks like another, you know, middling type season. But there is certainly opportunity to change the script of this season going forward. There is certainly opportunity to put together a couple wins and to surprise some people and to change my mind and to change your fan base's mind. We're not there yet. Like I said, this win does not really change a whole lot. But we're kind of getting there now. There's there's at least some hope now, I guess I should say. We're not getting there. There's at least some hope now with this season that you can maneuver your way to four, five, six, seven, eight, nine Big Big East wins. That you can be, like I said, four and six after 10 games instead of two and eight, instead of three and seven, instead of one and nine. You know, there is some hope there. So tonight showed, hey, you can you can win a Big East game. But tonight, if you're a St. John's fan, it frustrates you a little bit as well. Because you say, how the hell do we lose to this team? You know, I know Georgetown didn't play a good game at all. Uh, Pickett went two of 12 from the field. He had a, just a terrible game. Awful shooting night from him. Like I said, Wahab was kind of kind of kept in check as well. So Georgetown didn't play all that great, although they scored 83 points. Felt like they missed a lot of open shots as well. But still, you say to yourself, man, how did we lose to this team? You know, how did we blow an eight-point lead with two minutes to go to this team? It's, it's frustrating because you should really be right where you thought you'd be. You know, if you would have, you know, obviously the schedule was changed. But if you would have said your first four Big East games were against Seton Hall, Georgetown, Creighton, and then Georgetown again, you would have said, okay, let's hopefully be two and two. And you really had a chance to do that. You throw that game away though last week. And you wonder now how much is that game going to sting down the stretch for St. John's? That winnable game against a Georgetown team that you saw tonight, you're clearly better than Georgetown. You are. A winnable game that you just gave away against Georgetown. How big is that going to sting you? 
You know, if you get to six conference wins and you could have had seven, or you get to seven or eight conference wins and you could have had nine. I know that I'm I'm getting way ahead of myself here, but how big is that win going to hurt you? That's something to keep an eye on down the stretch of this season. But like I said, there is some hope now at least for St. John's to say, hey, we can win a game in this league. You know, now let's get a couple of days off. Let's regroup. Let's get some rest. Let's get healthy. Let's stay healthy. And let's take care of business against DePaul. And then let's kind of hit reset on this season. You know, let's hit reset on this season. Let's be two and three. And then let's go from there. I think that's a real, real hope for this Red Storm team. But a nice win tonight against a Georgetown team that you're clearly better than and that you should really be 2-0 and on the season against now. All right, let's welcome on now Jay DeMeo. He's come on our podcast a couple of times. We're going to have him on to further break down the Red Storm's win over Georgetown. Hope you guys enjoy. All right, I'm now joined by Jay DeMeo. I've had him on a couple of times on the show. Always does a great job breaking down games. You can check him out on Twitter at JasonDeMeo1. Jay, how's it going tonight, my man? Going good, Sean. How about you? I'm hanging in there. Like I, I said a couple of minutes ago, I'm doing a lot better that we actually got a win. Uh, feels good to get, you know, kind of the monkey off our back, as I said, and uh, get a Big East win for the first time this season, correct? Oh, yeah, 100%. You know, I know a lot of the fans were having high expectations for us this year with the improved talent. I was, too. Um, getting off to a slow start in Big East has kind of become the norm for us. <laughs> but um, I was trying to keep as level-headed as possible, even though I know it was very, very hard to. But um, <laughs> I was trying to look back things last year. We started 0-3 last year, I believe, until we got our first Big East win at DePaul. And I know we obviously didn't have the Big East record we wanted to, but by the end, by the time March came, we had 17 wins and we're knocking on the door at the NIT or possible bubble who knows what would have happened if you know COVID didn't end our season but um very happy that they got a win um definitely good for them to build on they have a nice long break coming up so let's hope they can build on this mm-hmm. I, I thought that tonight the defense was a little bit better but I, I thought that on the offensive end as well it felt like the ball was was moving really much better than we've seen you know recently in recent games at least for st john's but what was kind of the the key for the win for you for, for tonight uh definitely the distribute the um the distributing of points you know when you have like five guys scoring in double digits yeah um, everyone getting involved so it frees up space so they can't just focus on you know one guy and it, it was really just refreshing to see everyone get good shots up and play smart and get um, a lot of points. That's how they're going to play. If they're going to win, that's how they need to play. That's what they did last year. What they want, it's probably going to be the same story this year. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I thought, speaking on that, I thought Greg had his best game that we've seen in a long time, probably since the Creighton game from last year with his 26 points. It's a career high for him. But he just looked a lot more confident in this game, not even shooting the three ball, which we know he can do, but just attacking the basket, you know, coming off of screens, you know, fighting to get to the rim. It just, it felt like it was a more confident player, which St. John's needs to see going forward. Yeah, that's something he needs to consistently do uh, more throughout the season as it goes along. Everyone knows he has a lot of potential in him to put up numbers like this on a frequent basis, but the thing that 
was holding him back. No one knows what was holding him back. But when you looked at his past games, there was so there were so many times throughout the season where saying, "Why isn't he being more aggressive? Why isn't he taking more mm-hmm. open looks instead of passing up? Why isn't he driving to the rim and trying to draw a foul? Mm-hmm. Even if he doesn't get a foul and misses a layup, whatever, who cares? Yeah, we know that he gets to the rim very easily. He can do it with confidence and draw fouls, put the other teams in the bonus quicker. So when he plays like this that's when St. John's is going to really be benefiting from it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And and just, I mean, I said this in my open, but it felt like tonight for St. John's in the half court, the the like you said, the ball was being moved a lot better, but overall it felt like they were just attacking the basket and playing more confident. You know, we had seen when St. John's plays these teams with the size, you know, with the seven footers or whatever, they're afraid to attack the basket. And it felt like everything was on the perimeter, but tonight, at least to me, to me, you can tell me if you disagree. It felt like they were attacking a lot more than they were in the previous game against Georgetown or against Seton Hall or against BYU. It felt like there was way more attacking the rim and then kicking out to shooters. Oh yeah, hundred percent. As we saw in the past, you know they would drive in, they would either get rejected or just completely miss a shot, mm-hmm. and then you know it would see you would see it affect them. Yeah, the way they play, there would be a stagnant offense from there on. There would be lack of movement, and then it would end up with someone taking a, a very bad three <laughs> or another shot um, outside of the paint and end up being in a miss. And you can tell whenever that happens, it kind of. It kind of sets the trend for the whole game, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they really tend to get in these offensive funks, and then other teams just start taking advantage and going on long runs, and that's what always would kill this team. So, and then they would have one slouch, and then the team would take off, as you saw in Creighton. We we got down to what a two point game, yep. And then we just hit a wall after Marcellus Arlington's turnover, and then from there Creighton just to put the foot on the gas and ran away with it. So it was nice to see that the team didn't, you know, get in their heads too much and kept the game plan where it should be and didn't stray away from whatever Mike Anderson had planned because tonight it looked uh, like a different pace of play and I hope to see it more. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Let, let's switch to the uh, to the defensive end for a second. Uh, I, I said it was a it was a better defensive game. I wouldn't say it was a great defensive game. Georgetown still shot 44% from the field and scored the 83 points and had 40-plus points in each half. Um, but I, I felt like St. John's played a little bit better on the defensive end guarded the three maybe a little bit better. I But I thought that what the big thing was defensively tonight was that they didn't let Georgetown dominate them down low. They didn't let Georgetown really grab a lot of rebounds or a lot of offensive rebounds. And they did a really nice job on the big guy, Wahab, tonight, which I thought were really the, the big keys to this game for the Red Storm. Yeah, you could tell Wahab was really a killer for St. John's last week when they played yeah. mm-hmm. at Georgetown. So you could definitely tell Mike Anderson and the coaching staff probably had to focus in and zero in on him and not make him be the difference maker. Because when you look at Georgetown, you look at Harris, you look at Pickett, mm-hmm. you look at some of those guys to try to be the guy that you know you got to zero in on and make sure they don't beat you. And they, cause they did that well last last week. Mm-hmm. And then Wahab was really the freaking uh, sorry. I don't know if you <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, I mean, I also thought 
you know, Arnaldo Toro has has gotten really criticized by this fan base, and and rightfully so. He hasn't played well at all this season. I thought though he didn't even take a shot tonight, and he had one point. But I thought this was his best game so far of the ten games he's played for St. John's because I just thought that he was kind of a, a did a good job defensively. You know, didn't get killed defensively, and on the offensive end was was okay. Obviously didn't score, but just felt like a presence down low for them that they haven't had in what was his first start. Yeah, Toro really. I, when I first saw him getting the start today, I was a little uh, thrown off by yeah. it. Mm-hmm. But um, Arnaldo Toro did exactly what Arnaldo Toro needs to do. There's too many yeah. options on this team where they need to get points from. Mm-hmm. Um, we're lacking in size as is. They just need him to play his position, get rebounds, defend the paint, and not turn the ball over when it's in his hands. If he can. Those things and do them confidently. You can see at times in the past, you can tell he's not playing confident. Yeah, mm-hmm. he looks a little scared on the court. So he, as long as he's doing what he does tonight, he doesn't need to force it and let the game come to him more. As he's you know getting more acquainted with this team and in a higher conference in the Big East now, I think it'll benefit with him well. And I'm, I'm really interested to see if he's gonna. Uh, I keep getting the starting job going forward. Mm-hmm. Would you? Uh, Would you think of Posh tonight? I, I didn't really mention him much in my open. I thought he played a nice game. I like that he. You know, it felt like he was one of the guys that was really attacking the basket tonight for the Red Storm. But but what'd you like out of Posh? I I he is by far and away the most um, fun player to watch on this team. <laughs> yeah. Everything you don't even need him to score in double digit figures. Yeah, mm-hmm. At, as a point guard, he he's constantly pressuring the other team, forcing them to make unforced turnovers. When he has the ball and he's trying to create an offense, I love how he plays so much bigger than he is. He will go right into a defender, whether it's yep. six five, six mm-hmm. nine. He doesn't care. He's gonna try to draw fouls. You saw tonight. Um, he went up in the paint and had a. He had a very nice layup where he was getting guarded up, and it was really good defense. He just beat them. Those mm-hmm. are the type of things that he has the ability to create. And his finishing at the rim is very well. I'm really liking how he plays. He's, you know, he brings a, a burst of energy to this team. Um, he's got to keep it going, and I'm really happy with the way he played tonight. Yeah, and and I think what you mentioned there, like having that like fearless, you know, nature of you, I think is so big for this team. You know, you saw it tonight. Like they weren't afraid to attack the basket you mentioned before like in in previous games it felt like they've gotten like one or two shots blocked early and that's kind of like kept them out of the paint the entire game I feel like Posh is someone who's who's gonna drive no matter what like you know he could have five shots in a row blocked he's gonna keep attacking the basket and not really care I feel like you know I, I wish like the rest of his teammates would almost follow him and like you know try to attack the basket more and and do what Posh is doing but I feel like that's gonna be huge for them down the stretch just not being afraid to attack the basket yeah, I really, I you could you couldn't have said it better. Uh, I really wish the team would follow in his footsteps. He doesn't. Another thing with him, he doesn't take bad shots. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If he knows he doesn't have anything there, he doesn't force it. He'll pass out and try to create something else off the ball. Mm-hmm. So he really, he's a really a beneficial piece to this team. And when he plays well like he is tonight, St. John's gonna get wins. Mm-hmm. So a long looking ahead now to the schedule. Obviously, a, a relatively long, you know, couple of days off over a week off. You get the holidays off, and then you play DePaul at home. You know, who knows if that game's even going to be played? But if it is, you would feel relatively confident in your chances. You never want to give yourself a win in the Big East, especially if you're St. John's. But you know, a game that you feel relatively confident about. If you can get to two and three, then, and I mentioned this in my open, I want to hear your take on it now. If you can get to two and three in the conference, you've got Xavier on the road, Creighton on the road, Butler and Marquette at home, and then at DePaul. 
I don't think it's crazy to go, you know, to get two wins in those five games and then be four and six and at least like have a shot at like finishing top half of the Big East. What what do you think about that? I mean, I feel like tonight, you know, it doesn't change your whole outlook on the season very much, but it kind of like gives you a shot now to at least get, you know, in, in back in the swing of things in the Big East, I guess I'll say. Um, 100%. And like you said, I, that was something I used to do. I would look at the schedule before it's even um, before we even play a game mm-hmm. and go through what I think should be a win and what <laughs> should be an L. And what I've come to realize is, especially when Biggie's play, there is no guaranteed wins. Mm-hmm. I know DePaul is coming. This is going to be their first game, right? They I think so. Game. Yeah, I don't even know. They haven't played one they, yet. This, you're, you're coming into a game. You're at home. You're coming off a nice win. I don't want to say, like, I saw a lot of fans are saying, you know, there's no must-wins in December, but today was as close to a yeah, must-win as you'll get. I agree. The, the, the trend continues against DePaul. This is a team that's picked below you in the conference. For the most part, we um, tend to at least get a win against them each season. We, this is a game they have to win yeah. mm-hmm. if they want to keep the trend going. If St. John's is going to go on the road, they haven't beat Xavier since 2015. <laughs> they, uh, last year, they struggled on the road, so it's hard to find roads road wins in conference play mm-hmm. if you get to two and three in conference play and then you could maybe get two about three and five three and six yeah by the time you get back i think they can get some momentum going you know finishing in the top half of the big east this year would be a big success for this team mm-hmm. who knows where that's going to lead them to i don't know but i would i would say DePaul coming in is as close of a must win as you'll get mm-hmm. this early in the season mm-hmm no, absolutely, and and you just want to give yourself a shot, and I think that you know winning this game, and then it was a big break getting Villanova canceled. You know, maybe beating DePaul, then that gives you a shot to at least do something in the Big East this year, and not be in that you know eight, nine, ten, eleven range that we've seen them so often. So, uh, a win in you know a, a win tonight, and then a win a couple of days from now against DePaul feels like it just gives you a shot. You know, hundred percent. Yeah, exactly. All right, Jay. Um, thank you for coming on, man. I always appreciate you hopping on and uh, talking some Red Storm hoops. And I know we got a big Giants game that we want to get back to watching. So, uh, <laughs> thank I'll, uh, you, thank you guys Absolutely, man. And uh, we'll, we'll definitely talk soon. We'll have you on again. Sounds good. Thanks. All right. Have a good one. Later. <laughs> All right. Thank you once again to Jay DeMeo for coming on there. And help and break down the Red Storm's win on Sunday night over Georgetown. The Red Storm get their first Big East win of the season. They are now 1-3 and three in the conference and hopefully can stabilize themselves and give themselves, as I mentioned, just a shot to get back in things in the Big East going forward. I want to shift gears a little bit for the last couple of minutes of the show and get to some news and notes from over the weekend in case you missed it. The Red Storm missed out. On class of 2022, four-star prospect Kyle Cuffey Jr. Went to the Blair Academy, was a local prospect. He, despite his father playing at St. John's, I was not enough to sway him to remain and uh, follow his father's footsteps at St. John's. He goes to Kansas instead. The Red Storm were in his final five, but he instead picks Kansas. Apparently, this was something that was not totally unexpected. Uh, apparently, once St. John's landed Rafael Pinzone over the summer, the Long Island Lutheran shooting guard, it kind of effectively took them out of the race for uh, Kyle Cuffey Jr., him being a class of 2022 shooting guard, Pinzone being a class of 2021 shooting guard playing the same position. Obviously, St. John's is, is not going to land both of them. 
The concern, I guess you could say, again, is are they not able to keep local kids home? But I think it gets lessened a little bit when they landed pin zone. You know, obviously, and I don't pretend, again, I I don't pretend to know a whole lot about recruiting, so I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on this. If it was the summertime, I probably would, but we're in the middle of a season. What I will say is this. You always want, obviously, the the you know the, the higher you know the four star player instead of the three star player, which is what Pinzone is, at least according to most most services. Cuffy is a higher uh, rated recruit for the class of 2022 than Pinzone is for the class of 2021. Now, I think there was some talk of Cuffy reclassifying, maybe. So, you know, who knows how those rankings will shift? But obviously, it seemed like Cuffy was the better prospect. The question becomes, you know. Are you not able? Were you not able to keep him home solely because of that? You know, were you not able to keep Cuffy home because you landed Pinzone, or did you kind of shift your focus towards Pinzone because you knew you weren't going to be able to keep Cuffy home? That's the question, and I think you know if if it's the latter, and that you knew you were going to lose out on a kid, a local kid whose father went to St. John's, who played at St. John's, that's concerning. You know, if you knew you were going to miss out on him and that's why you shifted your focus to Pinzone, that's an issue for sure. You hope that it's not that. Um, But, you know, not being able to keep New York City kids home, I I think that, you know, gets lessened a little bit. We saw it with uh, Jordan Riley over the summer as well. Everyone was up in arms and then they land two local kids. So... I'm not going to go crazy about that. Um, it would have been nice to ha- obviously have him stay home and play at St. John's, but it, it really wouldn't have worked out and it wouldn't have made sense for him either. Now, you can argue going to Kansas, is that a good decision? Well, we'll have to see. You know, and who will end up being the better player, really? Pin zone at St. John's or Cuffy at Kansas? They're going to, you know, like it or not, at least by St. John's fans, probably not by Kansas fans, but St. John's fans at least are going to now compare those two players and see who is the better player for the next couple of years, you would think. But I'm not going to go crazy over losing a local kid whose father played at St. John's despite you know, it, it being another local kid that doesn't go to, go to the Red Storm. I understand why and I can see why he did not. You know, I just I just hope that the staff didn't shift their focus to pin zone because they knew they weren't going to get coffee, which in that case would be a little bit concerning. But at the end of the day, we've seen it all this season. St. John still needs to recruit a big like that's they got to land a big guy like and I, I, I like getting these shooting guards. I like getting these guards. That's awesome. They got to recruit a big guy. Find me a seven footer somewhere, a local seven footer that wants to play at this program and wants to, you know, take over the, the, the front court for St. John's for the next four years. That's what they need, really. So that's, I think, where their focus is, I would hope. And we'll see where, where they go uh, in the next couple of weeks and months on the recruiting trail as well as this season continues. But uh, just a, some quick thoughts there on the uh, on the recruiting trail for the Red Storm. Thank you all for listening tonight or tomorrow, whenever you do listen. Uh, we'll be back. We'll, we have a couple of days off, so maybe we're going to try to do an interview of some sorts. Uh, we will be back at some point next week, I would assume, with another edition. Hope everyone enjoys their holidays. Merry Christmas if you do celebrate. And we will talk again soon. As always, let's go Johnnies.